I feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, fellas, fellas. And the ladies. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of The Farm. Cody, I'm just going to start out with a hot one-liner. Here we go. This is what it is. Listen, listen, look at me, look me dead in the eyes, all right? Look at me, make eye contact with me. Listen, your strength coach is fucking up your swing, all right? Let's just start with that, all right? Your strength coach is fucking up your swing. Cody, let's talk about it. Go ahead. You can start the story. So, so little little application here, a little real world example. Uh, got a hitter uh, trained remotely over Zoom, um, and we talk with our in house hitters as well about this. But in this particular example, we're talking about um, had a hitter. We're talking about um, just some of the patterns that I was seeing, and, and it really wasn't necessarily what we were working on. I started recognizing a lot of push, uh, lower half and upper half, and um, so I kind of asked him. I was just like straight up. I was like, Are you doing what? You know we're doing in our sessions um you know kind of just curious what his routine before, was away yeah, before you get super deep in there i just want to give context kind of like of how our remote training is kind of mm. set up in the get-go so uh, one of the big things with like remote training um we don't look at it like a lesson type format we don't do that in-house either we don't we don't see it as mm. lessons uh they're more like um, guiding sessions uh, to go and all the things you need to do when you're not with us. So a lot of people think that there's like this magical pixie dust that if you go and do this lesson, oh, we got you tuned up and then boom, you go mm. back in the games and you hit all these home runs and oh my God, we're so amazing and I oh, will see you next lesson next month or whatever. Um, we don't believe in that. And again, when you actually yeah. look into... Um, you know, again, and we say that with a lot of our, our, our clients in house as well. It's like, Hey, if you're only hitting when you're here, if you're only doing this stuff, when you're here, those are the type of results you're going to get. You're going to get one day, uh, you know, if you work for one day a week to, to correct these uh, issues in your swing or these deficiencies that you have, well, then you're going to get one day of results, mm. right? And it's only four days a month. Okay. Well, then you're only get four days a month results. Um, and again, especially with that, where, you know, again, obviously if you think about that, that people are doing this four times a week, five times a week, six times a week, seven times a week, mm. right? And you're only getting four sessions a month that you're actually working on this. Now, don't get me wrong. We obviously see that when you're with us, it's going to be, um, again, we're going to be able to progress it. We're going to be able to give you, you know, exact feedback, you know, you know, back-to-back uh, -back reps, you know, what that looks like. Um, but very different where, again, if you just choose not to swing for the whole week or, again, just go and just start randomly swinging throughout the week, um, you know, with no focus, with no intent, with no correctives of things that you're actually trying to work on, um, that, again, you're not going to get much better. Yeah. Um, and there's some issues with that. So, anyways, I just want to give you guys a background on, like, how we do remote training in the sense of uh, when we do, um, and this client specifically is a – Zoom client. Mm. Um, and again, um, just so you guys know, because I know some people are going to pop, pop off and, and reach out. Um, we've had a waiting list on this Zoom clients for a minute. Okay. So there's not too many clients that we have uh, that we do this uh, with. Uh, we do a whole bunch of other things remote client wise, though. Um, again, that we do different versions. Mm. But this specific client is a Zoom client, which we're actually training him in real time. Yeah. Um, where when he swings, we're giving him feedback as he swings, but go ahead. And prove yeah. It. Yeah. And so context wise, so I'm watching, uh, via video, right. Uh, and in real time, and I'm seeing some patterns, uh, that just aren't making much sense based on what we're working on. Right. Uh, just knowing the plan that I gave him. And so we get talking and, you know, there's some other little intricacies here, like, Hey, you know, maybe I'm doing it 
you know, a couple of drills, not all of them, yada, yada, yada. But the big one that I took away was um, I start asking about what he does uh, strength conditioning wise, what he's doing in the weight room, um, because I know that's important to him. Uh, he did play football. Um, and so that's something that they, they pushed a lot with the football team. And so I asked him and, and he gets telling me, you know, you know, basic lifts, some of the main, uh, major lifts that they're doing. And then I asked about like med ball stuff. Do you do anything with med balls? And he goes, oh yeah, we actually do a lot of stuff with med ball. And so, um, we get talking about what he's doing with med balls and he starts, uh, demonstrating. And one of the very first things he shows me is how he throws the med ball. And he's literally pushing with his like a uh, shot back put. arm, like a shot put. And so he's like pushing almost like, um, like literally one hand with his back arm pushing instead of like a scoop or like a throw with two hands. Um, and so he shows me that and instantly I think, okay, that makes a lot of sense why he's pushing his hands like in mm -hmm. a swing, very upper, upper half, you know, hands pushy. And then two, he shows me some other ones where, uh, again, to his lower half, um, being cued to again, throw it as hard as he can and to drive with his lower half. Um, again, not necessarily his fault, just how he's being cued. Um, and so he's doing just that and pushing with his lower half to try to throw this as hard as he can with no particular target, uh, no intention in mind other than just throw the heck out of it. Right. And so then that's leading to his lower half pushing, mm. um, and actually projecting his whole body forward. Give it, give that example of, of what he was kind of doing. So like as a strength mm. coach, if they're listening, why that, you know, like what's the, you know, kind of the exercises mm. that are in this yeah. realm. And so, so while there are some benefits to these, of course, of too, course. um, just in this particular instance. So the technical term or like the term that you probably hear more often is hide So like a lateral hide or like a lateral jump, mm. um, to like a pogo or vertical jump. So hide into pogo and then literally turning once you hit the ground with the, the foot that you yeah. jump vertically or pogo with yeah. is then you push back towards the wall that you're throwing yep. it to so horizontally so so yeah so again another visual for this if you're not watching um as well um is basically you would bound to your right mm -hmm. right when you would hit the ground you would jump straight up in the air on one leg when you came back and landed on the ground you would then bound back to your left um while throwing and shot putting mm -hmm. uh the ball um against the right. wall or partner or you know whoever you're right. throwing with um and again um Maybe when we post on social media, we'll like yeah, give we a, we'll show, we'll show a demo of it, right? It's a very common um, exercise. And as mm. Cody is uh, going to go into it, I'm going to get into like really deep of like, kind of like understanding why um, these things are so important in like deeper levels of understanding. It's more of a CNS issue, um, coordination issues, some of these other things. And we're going to talk about firing patterns here in a minute, but like, uh, keep going Cody with like the actual yeah. story of like why this was starting to pin an image in your head of yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And so basically he sent me some videos of him hitting on the field with a buddy and he was, he was getting blown up by a BP fastball, getting jammed a lot. He hit a couple balls really far. Contact point was incredibly far out in front of the plate. Mm. Um, and sure he got a bunch of spin on it. Yeah. No, he yeah. top spun a lot of balls and he got oh, jammed a lot. Yeah. Um, on just regular BP, uh, which again, too, like in our, our session in particular, like wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. uh, he was he wasn't moving like that. And so I just thought it was really interesting because typically uh, when we see people pushing, uh, they're fighting for space um, and they're getting jammed unless they catch the ball way out front. And mm -hmm. again, most of their power is way out front or way pull side when they do that. Um, you know, and so I, I was seeing this too, and he's like struggling with some adjustability too. 
Um, like in the one game he did play, he's not playing much this fall. And the one game he did play, uh, struggled swinging at some bad pitches again to uh, the push leading to like um, just using coaching terms, bad. right? He's yeah. all in. There's no yes, yes, no. It's just yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's committing and cheating uh, to a pitch early on because of yeah. that lower half push and how have aggressive that is, right? And then he's trying to throw his hands or push his hands uh, for some direction as well. Um, but also Wish he's still fighting for space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so... Uh, but he's fighting for space. And so he was just having some some issues that I'm seeing mm. in the video he sent later in the week after our session. Um, and, and it was it just wasn't adding up. And then, too, as we started talking about it, it starts making sense because yeah. the literal pattern that he showed me with the med ball is what he's mm. doing at the plate now just with a bat. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, ball. and contextually, too, on the athlete, um, great kid, mm-hmm. um, extremely coachable. It mm-hmm. will do anything you tell him to do. Um, sometimes we see issues with that with people that are too coachable and like another version of this as well. Um, it's because like there's such a dependency on, you know, whatever a coach is telling him. Um, he also too is not one of those players that's ever going to say like no to a coach or ask for context or why are we doing these things? Like literally whatever you tell him to do, he's Mm -hmm. going to do, which for some coaches, like that's like a dream client Mm -hmm. of theirs or a player of theirs. Um, for me, not so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but also too, I think it can be wondrous and what can happen, but also too, those clients can also be great, um, to bring awareness to what you're actually coaching mm. um, because they're going to do everything you ask them to do. And so when they're trying to do everything you ask them to do and you start to see some of the flaws mm. um, and how you're actually coaching because, um, you know, again, they're not just doing some of it and doing whatever, like they're all in. Um, but this is a case where um, <laughs> I guess I would go back to like, uh, biblically here too is like trying to serve two masters mm. and like that's what it kind of reminds me in my head is like there's actually no real commitment to anything mm. because there's this zigzag where you have two competing patterns that are trying to go against one another um, that's really important and again I uh, wanted to point this out as well as like um, as Cody obviously is going into the story like one of the biggest things is like Cody's eyeing there's a very big difference between seeing deficiencies in a swing and then seeing two different patterns is saying like, hey, obviously we've coached this client long enough that we know how he can move. And then also seeing how he's currently moving and what he's struggling with um, for what period in time that it then brings awareness to, hey, again, would would draw Cody or a coach that is as skilled as Cody to think, hey, what else is going on? Because these patterns wouldn't be showing up if you were doing the patterning work Mm -hmm. that we've asked you to do. Not only that, it's not that you're just not as good at them and you're going to your normal pattern. It's that you're trying, you're doing a completely different pattern that you're going into more heavy push, heavy uh, linear type movements um, that are very different, um, which again would cause again um, with all those conversations Cody and I constantly have as we see from the strength perspective, um, how all those things can happen. And again, uh, just want to give that extra context. Uh, and then Cody, why don't you kind of go into, um, the conversation you had with the, you know, our client, um, you know, after that, once you identified those yeah. things, um, and kind of like some of the conversation you had there. Yeah. And so it's actually funny cause, uh, like right when I started pointing some of those things out, he was like, well, now that you think about it, yeah, like I am doing these things. And it was like, and I know exactly when I'm doing these things. And so, uh, and then also too, he hits, 
um, a few times every week, uh, more off season, but he's lifting five, six times yep. in the week. Yeah. Um, and so then too, he's going to this pattern more often mm-hmm. than he's doing it with a bat and ball where traditional, what Cody's game context here is traditional off season. Mm. Let's get strong. We'll worry about the skill stuff later. Right. Like, these are all common beliefs. And again, if you're listening to this, I'm sure we're stepping on your toes right now. And you're like, well, why is that wrong? We're getting there. Just listen. Yeah. Okay. But in the very beginning, the same thing too is like very traditional. Let's get big, faster, stronger, all these things during the fall. And we'll worry about the skill stuff later. And we're going to get into why that's a problem and how that's misguided and mm-hmm. the lapses in that that as well here in a minute. Maybe. Yeah. And so, so basically we're starting to piece the puzzle together now. Like he's working out, lifting um five six times a week um he hits once via zoom with me and then usually a couple other times which is an hour session uh, yeah hour session um and then a couple other times uh if he's got a ride to the facility sometimes less sometimes it's just off a tee in his garage um and you know nothing against a tee in a garage definitely Mm -hmm. like if you can get your work in a lot of guys Um, yeah but but you know when it comes to uh, how long we've been um, training him and then also to some of the progressions that we're trying to do. It's like, mm. um, you know, would like to get in the cage a for little sure. bit more. And so, for sure. um, Limitations. yeah. And so he, he's, he's getting these, these patterns with a med ball, uh, or building these patterns with a med ball more right now and reinforcing them more, uh, than some of the plan that we've developed and talked about. Um, and so it's leading down the path of now this is starting to come out in his swing more and more often. Mm. Um, rather than his patterns that we're working on in our plan with the swing carrying over to the med ball stuff, yeah. um, which has happened before too. It's like people get cued to do med ball stuff and they mm. start kicking back and yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Yeah, nothing and against it, med balls. Believe yeah. me, we use med balls a ton. It's yeah. how you use them. Mm-hmm. How you use Absolutely. Them. And so uh, we get talking uh, through that. And then basically the, the conversation is more about the importance of like, uh, super blessed too with a lot of the the kids that I train is like they're extremely hard workers. The issue mm-hmm. is is how to reel them in to be more focused and intentional in their work rather than be so, mm-hmm. um, dare I say, old school of just like well, I gotta work more and more and more. And I was gonna say I I think that that is a uh, commonality between uh, you and I in that same way is that we were really hard workers, but mm-hmm. the direction in which you are working, there's nothing worse. I always tell this to players all the time. There's nothing worse than working really hard in the wrong direction. There's no, like, again, all that sweat, all that sacrifice, all these other things. You did all the things, right, that are supposed to lead to success. No, they're leading to progress, but progress where? Mm. Progress to what direction? Progress to what destination? Imagine the same thing, right? You get in the car, you start driving, you spend all the gas, right? You do all these other things, but you're literally driving in the wrong direction. Mm. So that's where we would say, is it really progress and is it directly linear where I work and then that equals results? No, there are so many other variables inside of that. And again, that's such a low level thought of like, oh, I just got to work harder and I got to do these other things because that is what's commonly pitched to so many players. It's like, oh, you're just not working hard enough. Like, don't be wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, again, you're, you've maximized the amount of work that you could do. That's, that's not what we're saying. Right. What we are saying though, is that again, like what actually goes into it is like, is understanding that, you know, how I work is important. It isn't just, you know, and again, along with that, it's like someone with really good direction, um, when it comes into training philosophies and all these other things. And also too, let me, let me just unhinge you a little bit here as well, just to make you feel a little insecure. Okay. Everyone thinks they're headed in the right direction. 
or they wouldn't be headed that way. Mm. So let's start there. So we're, don't don't think about this. Would be great for Jimmy. This would be great <laughs> for John. This would be great for my friend Eric. Then you, you, specifically, right? You should always be looking to clarify what you're training, what the philosophy. If you've I've arrived, okay, well you're you're probably lost. You've mm. arrived in, in in the middle of the desert or something. Okay, at the end of the day, again, you should always be looking for a better, more efficient, more effective way of how you're training. And also too, if you're doing the same thing you were doing two years ago when you were 13 and now you're mm. 15, 16, all those other things, or you're as a coach, you're still doing all these other things you used to do. Yes. Like, but you should constantly be updating um, what you're doing, how you're doing, tweaking things, mm. all these other things, which everybody is doing, but also to again, in what direction and again, this is why it's so important where people will try to um, mitigate the importance of information. Oh, you're trying to do, oh, the, stop trying to reinvent the wheel and blah, 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 and all those other statements. Like, listen, the wheel is nothing like the wagon wheel that was mm. first came across, <laughs> okay? The wheels today, are there's been billions of dollars that are spent on technology when it comes to the wheel and how we build them and why we build them this way and all these other things. So reinventing the wheel, no, bro. Listen, we're going deeper in understanding, yes, the wheel itself mm. is important. Yes, we're not going to blocks and doing other things, but how we go about doing it and how we go about training and how we get there faster and what directions we are doing and what we understood in science at the time and were we misguided and what we were missing and all those mm. other things that come into it, that all comes in together of understanding how, again, I am bet you really happy that we still don't have wooden wheels. Okay. There's the whole thing about, again, and then also too, it's not just, oh, well, then we went to rubber. Yes. And then also too, mm -hmm. that's why if you go to the tire place, they're going to ask you what, you know, what make and model mm -hmm. your car you have. Again, if you want outdoor tires, you want, you know, again, what do you typically do? Are you a drifter or do you have a Mustang? Like I know, for example, when I had my Mustang, um, when I had my Mustang, one time I got a flat tire on my Mustang, I brought it in to get a new tire. They were like, I think my tire was something, a single tire. I think my single tire was like 700 bucks or something like that. And I'm like, bro, for a single tire. And they're like, well, you know, these are special tires because they're meant for speeds up to 220 miles an hour. Mm. I said, first off, my Mustang doesn't go 220 miles an hour. Second off, why am I ever going that fast? But mm -hmm. those are specific <clears throat> tires, right? And the reason they're so expensive is because they're meant for speed mm. and what they can do. And again, along with it, it's not a wooden wagon wheel. Mm. Okay. So there's a lot of other things going into that. And that's a, it's a, a common argument that is brought up by reductionist scientists, right? Which are usually just novice humans that know very little about actually, you know, the human body, but also on top of that as well, it is, it's also a strategy that's used by people that are minimalist that don't want to take the time to go into the depth and want to be okay with what they already know and just go about doing things how they already are because they feel more comfortable in where they're at. When in reality, again, you would still be with wooden wheels. Okay. We all like to take advantage of, we all like to take advantage of techn uh, technological advances right? We all like the new cell phone. We all like the new X, the new this, all these other things. Well, somebody had to push the envelope. Why are you re reinventing the cell phone? Every single day, it's getting better. Every single day, they're doing other things. They're making adaptations. And again, it's not always linear. That also, you got to take that in. If you're going to take, if you're going to be an innovator, you're going to be someone that, again, changes things, that progresses the field, that does any of these other things, you're going to have 
uh, fallbacks. You're going to have issues. You are going to make mistakes. Sometimes you're going to be teaching the wrong thing. So what? That's in the name of progress. At the end of the day, you have to do that. Or again, we would still have wooden wheels. Mm -hmm. I bet you the first time they made a rubber wheel, it probably wasn't great. Like they had to refine the process a million times before. Again, we are to where we are today. And again, even now when they're innovating, the same thing happens. They're going to make mistakes. A tire is going to blow out. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to get sued. Yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah. like these things happen. It's mm -hmm. part of the process. And say, think about like Musk shooting up like rockets in there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it blows up. Like they that's a million dollar mistake. Yeah. 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 Mul no, multiple multi million. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's crazy. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, and with all that too, it's like, I'm not saying that everything that I've given them has been the most perfect prescription form either. Mm -hmm. But what I'm recognizing uh, pattern wise that I've given him wasn't matching with what he was doing. And uh, historically what he is doing now um, pattern wise, I've seen time and time again, myself and you have of why he's having the issues on the field because of the patterns he's doing, 100%. you know, with the swing now based on yeah. what he's doing uh, with the med balls. And so, um, you know, and, and so we get into this conversation and, a little bit. And, and I wanted to, because uh, I know I kind of got you off topic there mm -hmm. um, about the multiple days of hitting. Mm -hmm. So he hits with us once, once right. a week and yeah. he was hitting. Uh, yeah, most of the days, time, two other days in the week. Um, and then also too, with that, uh, just kind of going into a little bit of the struggles with that is because too, he is a hard worker. Um, but doesn't necessarily get to drive everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, again, constraints that he has, uh, with the age Personal and everything constraints. and yada, yada, yada. Well, so then when he does go to hit, um, just trying to make up for the five days he didn't hit or the three days he didn't hit that he wish he could have hit. Right. So he goes in there and he's trying to take swing after swing, after swing, after swing, after swing, after swing, after swing, after swing and not really thinking much. Um, again, too, reps, reps, yeah, reps, reps. not written again, not to fault him. He's trying to make up for lost time. And uh, also too, again, uh, this is a multi-sport athlete, right? So again, he is working hard. I don't want to put it like, oh, he's only swinging three days a week. Right. He's also doing yeah. you know, football workouts, <clears throat> mm -hmm. going to practice, doing all the, like, there's a lot of things yeah. that are going on. He's trying to do yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. So again, like, good let's, student let's, too. Let, yeah, exactly. Really good student. Uh, dad went and played at. Right. So, again, definitely really good student. Again, um, also too, bigger family. I'm sure they got a bunch of things going on and right. um, dad has a pretty successful business and things like mm -hmm. that as well. So, again, I'm sure there's some tie ups here. Yeah. But I, I, I want the reason I think also, too, I want to bring this like that's a that's normal, it's real, real yeah. world problems constraints mm -hmm. that we all have that every player has. And it's something that, again, like because this is like a real story that is typical that happens a lot, which is why we wanted to have the conversation mm -hmm. anyways, but keep, keep going into the, the hitting. Yeah. And so uh, we're kind of running into where, and we've had this issue with, uh, um, a couple other remotes, uh, in particular, uh, where too, there's a plan like, Hey, this week, I think it, you would be best if you do these two prep exercises, here's a med ball, right? Do these two with a med ball. Um, exactly like this and maybe these three or four drills uh you know do t soft toss and bp with all three of these drills and like stick to that if that's a 45 minute cage session so be it so be it right and just stick to that so this you week got right better. just because the ball wasn't flying through air yeah. at 95 doesn't mean you didn't get right today. and then yeah. that goes into my point too is like part of the conversation and like we'll we'll go back and forth is like the everyone wants to go to these showcases to get recruited, right? Because they want to go to college, mm -hmm. this and that. And so they try to go put up numbers. And that's where, too, I start to see, like, the psychological side of, like, okay, well, if I do get stronger, right, and I do throw this med ball as hard as I can, maybe at this 
PBR event or whatever, I hit a ball at 95 off the tee, some, you know, somewhere, you know, they're throwing BP and I catch one ball and hit a hundred. it's like, well, that's great. But also the other 15, 14 swings that you got, yeah. like you hit 60 at yeah. the event. Or you'll also get noticed maybe if you just hit, like well, may- yeah. maybe just put up numbers. Mm-hmm. And like, what I mean by that is like longevity numbers, not mm-hmm. just what I hit off this tee. Great. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you if you're batting 470, and again, the same thing, like you're, bat, you're batting 470 with your, you know, whatever, top ranked home runs in your, you know, league slash, you know, age group, da, 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 all these other things. Mm-hmm. Like if you learn how to hit, the numbers will be there. You won't be trying to put up a one time, you know, because right. again, along with that, right? If someone's going to recruit you, they're not going to look at your PBR perfect game T number and go, well, that's mm-hmm. all I need to know. Yeah. All right. He hit 95 off the T. Guess we should sign him to Clemson. Like, yeah. no, there's a lot more that goes into that recruiting process. Mm-hmm. And again, when we get stuck in that like little binary, again, like surface level thoughts, there is like, I need to go put on a show. It's like, yes. But again, I always tell one of my biggest things for advice to guys like that too, is like, Hey, yo, it's just another workout, bro. Mm-hmm. Go get your work in, yeah. right? Go get your work in. Stick to your process, yeah. you know, all those other things. It might not be today. Also, mm-hmm. too, you're probably going to impress more people with how you're going about your business than yeah, you are process. about trying to, you know, put on a show, um, put on a show for people. Um, when in reality, like, again, every single day should be, you know, about that and not mm-hmm. not getting caught up in the moment. Like, it's just right. the, it's a day like any other day. Go get your work in. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be many other workouts and yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And then so that's where, uh, too, kind of going into like the trying to put up a number, but then also time of like the times in the week that he's working out of almost like, um, and I see this a lot too with a lot of our players. It's like they try to go for intensity over consistency. Always. Um, you know, where to uh, over a longer period of time, it's like, I mean, I, I witnessed this myself. It's like I would go early on, I'd go work out Monday for three hours in college, right? And then I'd be so sore I couldn't work out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Meanwhile, someone's working out for, you know, 45 minutes every single day that week it's like well who worked out more yeah it's like or even two 30 minutes right like you know i think that's a big thing that uh that adjustment and to not to go too far this direction but i also think like again to make that it's a great point because we talk about this with pro guys all the time you know like or people that fly in they want to be here for a week and then Mm -hmm. then i don't see them for three months and then they come back for a week and it's like oh well we worked on what we talked about what three months ago like i would have progressed eight times in between there And also, too, um, you know, with all of that, if not a billion more times, right? <laughs> but along with that, I always tell guys, like, yo, it would be better for me to see you once a week the entire off season than it would be for me to see you for five days and then see you for five days yeah. at the end. Now, don't get me wrong. We usually recommend, you know, the intensity method, which I wouldn't even say is intensity. It's just yeah. more information yeah. heavy. Is yeah. in the very first times, like, when we're training with guys, we want to have them come in and do X, Y, and Z. But again, more than all that, it's our human nature where, again, all of a sudden we want to we yeah. are all motivated um, and we want to get it all and rushed in a, in a small period in time. Um, and again, like bigger, faster, stronger right now, right now, like I'm getting recruited my junior year, my senior year. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to have these schools. I need to be stronger. This coach said I wasn't big enough, da, 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 all these other things. Mm-hmm. So now I've made it in my hierarchy. I've thrown strength to right. the very top mm-hmm. speed to the very top. And at all costs, I'm going to be stronger, faster, mm-hmm. right? more velo and hit the ball harder mm-hmm. with more velo yeah. right so all of those things together become my new hierarchy and because of that i start making decisions based off of that foundation that i'm trying to achieve all of those things um and then that's when it starts leading to mm-hmm. all the things that you start you're going into and talking about now right um and then also too, uh, tell him about what he said when we actually talked about those other days of hitting like obviously trying to make up for the reps mm-hmm. but 
uh, when you ask them about like, hey, like, are you doing the things like we've prescribed? Yeah, right. And, and that's where, too, it's like he would do um, maybe a couple of them that uh, whether it's like he understood them better uh, or they felt better to him or maybe that was just something that um, has just been a part of his routine. So he did them, but he would do a couple of them and then he would just start hitting, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, hey, go BP, full leg kick, you know trying to hit the ball hard, trying to put it over the, the fence type swings. Yeah. Um, and so then that also led to uh, us having the conversation of the importance of the plan and like why, um, you know, the four drills I gave are so important to go in that order um, and like what we're trying to accomplish which, with each drill and how it progresses and blends up to mm-hmm. then you taking your BP swing. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and whereas he was, you know, doing a couple mm-hmm. of the drills um, and to one of the drills was one that wasn't even currently part of his plan. It's just something that he did formally like yeah. several months ago mm-hmm. that he was like, oh, I think this will help, um, which too it did at the time, but that's not yeah. necessarily what was best for him at this time too. Yeah. Um, you know, common, um, common like uh, intention with it, but yeah. how his body was responding to that drill uh, compared to this other drill was not the same. Yeah. And so well, why I gave him a little bit different drill uh, at the time too, but then he well, went I, back to it. I was going to um, say, and side note within all of that too, someone's probably thinking like, well, like, isn't this something like orientation? Like we should have these conversations or all these other things are, I would then flip it back on of, of also saying as well as like, Hey, like, these are all coaching moments. And if you've ever actually coached athletes, uh, you're not going over everything they need to know. And this next hour, again, mm-hmm. that's another intensity thought. Like, as people progress, especially remotely and all these other things, these are common things that come up where it's like, Hey, like I'm not with you, you know, I'm not with you all day long. I don't have a, you know, you know, webcam on you and like where you're going and when and how you're doing things and all these other things. Like I need insight. And again, Mm -hmm. when you see things like that, um, I think it's also two more points to the same thing too, as well as like a really good coach like you would start to ask those questions where other coaches are not going to ask those Mm -hmm. questions. And because they're not going to ask those questions, they're never going to get those results because they're able to identify the same thing that there's obviously other things going on, um, because of those things. Um, and then also to actually to get some truth, you know, Mm -hmm. underneath it. Um, but again, obviously if you haven't been coaching for a long time, there's this coined phrase, which is like, coachable moments right where there's certain things that happen where there's a there's a a point in time let's say um someone does something and like they get frustrated and they throw their bat or Mm -hmm. um and it's not always a big moment sometimes it's you know how they're making their pb and j or Mm -hmm. how about it like how about x y and z whatever they're doing right in front of you like there's moments where like for certain people that there's lessons that are Mm -hmm. in there that would be perfect um, you know, for them to like learn and actually learn how to train. And I know, for example, like there is like one of the big things that we talk about is like that's maturing as a hitter mm. is understanding as you mature as an athlete and learning how to stack your hierarchy. And then when you stack your hierarchy, there's going to be pushback because this coach, you know, football coach wants you to do all these things and they need this and they need this. And again, for example, certain sports, you know, for getting like a shot put slash, you know, again, all this, all this linear force is super important uh, for what they're doing. And along with it, it's like, it's not that it's the devil at the exercise or any of those mm-hmm. things or the devil. It's how they're being programmed, especially when someone already has really big issues with this. And this is always already somewhere where they're, you know, pretty strong in that area. Right. Um, and also too, like what's the lowest hanging fruit here is like, you know, not how hard he can do X, but like, you know, how uh, we're going into like hitting like some of his biggest deficiencies and like where you only have so much CNS and like where you can focus mm-hmm. your time um, and what that looks like um, as well. So yeah, just wanted to add that in as like contextually as somebody that'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, well, shouldn't you guys have had that combo when they yeah. first started programming and he's 
again, context, he's been with us for a couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah. Also, oh, wow. sometimes you talk about things and have probably repeated those things. So I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. you got to make sure you're working, blah, 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 blah. And all these other things. Like you could say it multiple times. People slip. It's human nature. That's what the point of coaching is to get back, figure out where they're at, guide them back onto the path and say, Hey, you've been slipping in this area. And this is why you're having some of these issues. This is why this is so important. This is why we talked about this in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Remember why we talked about this? Yes. We talked about blah, 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 blah. Back yeah. Right. Yeah. And kind of to piggyback off that is like, by no means do I want him to not question what I give him to an extent or even explore other information too. It's like, you know, he might not have ever slipped if I just said, Hey, don't listen to another voice. Don't let a single outside source ever <laughs> come in. You know, yeah. maybe he would have followed, but also yeah. too, I don't believe that that's because yeah. I listen to a lot of outside sources sure. too. And I check myself and I know you do. And like, and then I quiz things uh, with these people and with you and like mm-hmm. we try things and we mm-hmm. see, okay. And then we test it with, data and it's like you know if i i personally believe his personal development as well will it'll expedite the conviction that comes with what he's doing yeah as he starts to to trial and error with some of these things the stove is hot yeah absolutely i probably shouldn't touch that right that that really hurt and then having a resource like us to um ask these questions and flesh it out uh, yeah you know is where too is like I didn't necessarily have um I mean I had resources but not one that would like like you said flesh it out mm-hmm. whereas like you know maybe it took me five years to figure out this one particular concept where maybe it took you 10 being a little bit older mm-hmm. less resources whatever where like him hopefully it can be you know two or whatever you know and just expedite yeah. that process of learning yeah. um you know what what am I doing is, is how is it detrimental how is it beneficial yeah. uh, what is it causing me to do what's the purpose of this you know, prescription at this point in time, yeah. um, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, just so, to kind of, so, so yeah. So going back that. to that, you got, you got one day a week, let's get mm-hmm. like a notes here, right? We got one day a week where he's actually doing what we prescribed to him right. two days a week where he's actually, he's only hitting three days in total, two days a week where he's actually hitting. Um, but like, you know, basically doing a couple of staples and mm-hmm. also not necessarily to the highest form. He's not worried about right. that. He's just using it, uh, to kind of like feel um like before he gets into his normal Mm -hmm. swing and maybe it's creating some activation in some ways for him Mm -hmm. but once he starts hitting it's just kind of a free-for-all you know let me get my reps in and again i know what this is like the same thing too if you can't remember when you guys were younger like i know my experience like i went to academy it was like oh i'm gonna get these 250 swings a day there's no one here to throw to me so i'm gonna hit off the tee then you start having like teitis and Mm -hmm. all these things that come along with it um I call it T-itis is when you get on the T and start hitting, mm-hmm. you just start learning. You start thinking that the T is actually the real game yeah. um, rather than using the T to help you get better at the real game. Mm. Different, different thought process behind it. Um, so all of those things being real. Okay. So like, why is this a problem? How is your strength coach actually messing it up? One of the things that I talked a lot about and we do, uh, one of the things is when we get uh, pro guys, I always ask them like who their strength coach is. Right. Um, and so one of the big things, um, and also too, like little, little, I'll just drop this into the water and let it, let it rise here is that, uh, uh, we're going to actually be doing strength here, um, in house. Um, it's something again that we, so we always talk to them as well about like, Hey, who you're doing strength with, um, one, um, I'm used to working with other strength coaches and or other, you know, sometimes the guys have other hitting coaches, other things mm-hmm. like that's fine. It's all good. Let's talk about it. Um, you know, let's get on the same page. Let's, again, the whole point is getting you results. Um, also too, let's make sure there's not too many chefs in the kitchen. Um, because again, everybody's identifying deficiencies, um, but also sees has a different technique with how they would go about actually developing you. I know if you, for example, if you would have got me, even me, if you would have got me five years ago to now, we both saw the same hitter, how we would go about 
you know, mm -hmm. programming for that hitter. And what I would focus on would be very different because of where, again, how much I've matured as a coach in there. And also by experience, understanding how I can get this person there the quickest and what are the main routes. Yeah. It's not that these other things aren't happening. Okay. I see all those too, but how we're going to get there is focusing on these things first, because these things will give them the biggest results and also too where they are in their development. How old are they? Are they trying to get, you know, again, are we, are they in season? Are they out of season? Like, mm -hmm. what are we focused on? All the context that comes into all that. But one of the things I do with uh, uh, hitters, especially pro guys, when they come in, ask them who the strength coach is. Typically, we set up a consultation call between me and the strength coach, and we get on the same page for the offseason and what they're going to be focused on. And also, I, I tell them, you know, when we identify deficiencies and what we're focused on, you know, what that can, what can actually go with that. One of the big things that we talk about um, a lot with them as well is that, like, hey, um, look, this, we got a two pound bat in his hand, right? And this is happening for such a split moment in time. Um, we're talking about technique and CNS, but we're also talking about like within all of that is the bigger pieces. I was like, Hey, I tell hitters this all the time. I'm like, listen, um, you can't get mad at your strength coach because you don't know how to dance. Right. Like, yes, he built up the, the prerequisites. The hardware is there. You have the strength. You have the range of motion. You have, you know, again, you have all these other things. Right. Or prerequisites might be there, might be there. Typically, they're not might be there. And if those things are there, though, you can't get mad at your strength coach because you don't know how to dance. Like you need to go see, see a skilled coach, which is like a dance instructor or something like that. Right. The other part with that as well is the uh, bigger pieces with this as well is that again, you only have a two pound bat in your hand. And then again, he's going and putting 400 and something pounds on his back and squatting or doing whatever. It's like, yo, like I'm not going to be able to beat the stimulus. Um, that is, that is, you know, you're going between when your body is prioritizing what it cares about. It's more worried about that 400 pound load than it is about this mm -hmm. two pound object in your hand that in reality, it doesn't even know is a bad pattern because in your brain, you're, you got again, this is a Randy Sullivan line, right? That is like, you gotta, you gotta make your body give a damn because in your brain, if you're hitting the ball, right? If you're hitting the ball and then you're telling yourself like, uh, like again, like, in your, like it's like a success in your head, right? Like your brain's just trying to solve a problem as hitting the ball. So yeah, you could hit the ball and be like, oh, I suck or whatever, da, 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 all these other things. But in reality too, like your brain's not like, it's not really worried about it, right? Like in the sense of like your brain's always trying to survive than it is trying to perform, right? Like you survived, you're healthy, you're doing X, Y, and Z. Like, yes, would you like to get a little better at this? Like for sure, 100%. Like your brain knows that you want to get a little bit better at these other mm -hmm. things, right? And of course, like it's you're in, in one... Um, so you're going to keep getting better at it, but what is it going to prioritize in its hierarchy, mm. right? Of what it can focus on and what it needs to adapt to. So again, for example, if you're doing stimulus load, all those other things and like speed power all, and you're loading up with like, um, force, right. And really we're looking at, it's like force here. We're talking about again, a whole bunch of weight on your back, or it could be a whole bunch of speed, right? All of those things, both are going to create a whole bunch mm. of force. Um, and again, along with it, like your body's going to prioritize what it needs to do to adapt to the, uh, to the demand that's being placed upon it and what we need to do with that. And so again, along with that is like a lot of times, and this happened, um, again, I, was, I mentioned where at one point I was consulting for an organization. I went inside there, I watched the strength coach. Um, I'm sorry. I watched the hitting coaches work with guys for a couple hours. And then I watched strength guys start working with dudes. Primarily strength coaches usually also come from a football background right? A lot of strength coaches come from a football background. And when that happens to be the case, they love to build sagittal monsters. These guys are again, also thinking things of 
frontal planes, sagittal planes, and also too anything transverse is like, oh, all I have to do is rotate and we're good, mm -hmm. right? When in reality, when it comes into rotation, like your body doesn't care. Um, you're building skills. Your body doesn't care. I always say rotation is rotation is rotation. It doesn't care. You're teaching your body how to rotate and how to strike objects or how it needs to align itself. So if your goal is let me just rotate as fast as possible and throw this ball against the wall at all means necessary. And then you cue them up and say, hey, it needs to be a shock put, right? Well, then you're teaching your body how to get to extension and rotate by pushing and creating horizontal forces. Does that create rotation? 1000%. That is a way of creating rotation. There is a problem with that when I'm actually hitting and also along with it with the patterns and what it does to my CNS system and coordination patterns and what it does when I tell my body to rotate now and I have a bat in my hand. Again, also you got the bigger stimulus, faster speed. Why are we moving at a faster speed? Because there's no variables. I'm throwing a ball out of wall. That's my only variable. Do I have to catch the ball off the wall? That's at least one variable, right? Like I at least have to stay kind of square and have to catch it off the wall. I have to brace something, stick it, all those other things. Awesome. That's one, you can at least add that into it rather than, again, even when I was looking at this organization, they were literally just throwing med balls from a scoop toss at least. Mm. But from a scoop toss, throwing med balls at the wall as hard as they could, these guys were like spinning like ballerinas, yeah. like when they're throwing the ball. And again, I just saw the same coach, um, sorry, not the same coach, the same player in the cage with the hitting coach, and his problem was over rotation, right? So we had two hours in the cage doing this. Then he goes into the, the, the hitting room. We got to work on transverse now. And also, mm -hmm. too, are we even monitoring load now? He just had two hours hitting in yeah. the cage, and now we're doing a whole bunch of more rotation stuff. Does he even right. need rotation today? Yeah. Maybe he needs anti-rotation. Maybe we need to practice a whole bunch of stuff on breaks. How about on the opposite side? Maybe he does need a lot more sagittal stuff now because we've already yeah. probably accomplished the transverse here, especially in that direction. Mm. Right. So all of that put together, right. A monitoring, putting all those things together. And then along with it, first off, if you can name me a single coach, I don't know one. I don't know a single strength coach that I know has been fired because a guy had a bad swing. Usually a strength issue. Guy's going to get fired. But it's because of injury, all mm -hmm. these other things, right? That's what gets associated with the strength coach, right? And how they're training all like X, Y, and Z, but performance that's why I like the title of strength and performance instead of conditioning in the same way on all everything that's associated with it. But your, your role is performance. If they're not performing because of you, right? And then somebody wants to flip it and go, well, man, that's not fair. How about because of me, blah, 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 all these other things. Okay, well, again, it's going to get associated with the hitting coach. So if he's moving this way because of you, because of how you're programming and things that you're doing along with it. Yes. Does he have a role in this as a player? 100% he's going in, but at the same time, right? You're held to an, another standard that again, along with that, that you have to take ownership and extreme ownership, just like I have to on the same side, all performance. If it's the strength coach or not, and I didn't figure that out and the strength coach was one of the messing of, and that's the reason he's not hitting still my fault. Mm -hmm. We want to, when we want to come to the hierarchy of what's what somebody's fault. Okay. Hitting coach, definitely above, strength coach, but I'm also going to throw this in there as well. I have to take responsible for all of his performance when it comes into that. But it also means that I need to understand what you're doing on the strength side. So I can understand on top of that, if you're doing something that is hindering his performance that I'm responsible for, that I'm going to get fired for. Well then again, let that be, let that be. If I work for an organization, let that be, if I'm the, the hitting coach for school and we're not winning, right? Let that be, he's a private client and whatever that is. And again, I'm going to get fired as his personal hitting coach because he's not hitting all of those things fall underneath 
my ownership and something that I have to take ownership of. Because if I don't, someone's going to take it for me. And again, I won't have a job. Okay. So that's step one. Step two on the, on the other part of that as well is just understanding that from a strength perspective, it's not your body doesn't put things. We do that as human beings. We like to compartmental. Uh, compartmentalize things and put them in all these little pretty buckets and go strength over here, technique over here, you know, um, mental performance over here, all these other things. And that's the mm -hmm. exact way that we try to understand nature. We break everything into sciences and we say this little bucket, this little bucket, this little bucket, this little bucket, the, the brain, the body, nature knows no science, right? It's operating and operating out of all of these areas and all of these things are happening simultaneously and everything is intermixing. Right. And so for all of those things that happen all at the same time is we need to understand that when we put everything in these pretty little buckets is that we put them all back together again when it comes back into performance. And again, it's not about pointing fingers and saying you're messed up. This the whole point is performance and getting them actually to perform. And just like in nature in the same way is putting everything together, seeing how all these things are intermixing and what the over uh, overlap is here, what the problems are now. Along with that, your hitting coach could also be messing up your swing, and most likely he is or she is, whatever that is, right? And also, too, strength coach, most likely they are, right? Most likely they are messing you up in one way or another, right? Again, if you came and hit with me, I, I tell hitters, oops, I, I tell hitters all the time, like, yo, like, I'm going to tell you something today that I'm wrong about. I'm probably going to progress you too fast. Not, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I'm not progressing you fast enough. Maybe again, I X, Y, and Z. Maybe I gave you the wrong drill at the wrong time. Maybe I said the wrong thing at the wrong time. I'm going to be, I'm going to mess up too. But what we're trying to manage is again, that basement compared to the ceiling, right? Is when I'm wrong, right? How long are we wrong for, right? And how quickly can we get back on path? Um, and actually fix these things. I try things constantly all the time. Mm. The next session, you might never do something that we did last session, right? And we might move on, okay? So it's not that let's get this base level foundation. Everybody's wrong. Everybody's wrong. If we're all right, again, first off, like we'd be God, okay? We're not all right. We're all wrong. We're all progressing. But the whole goal is to be less wrong tomorrow. And again, as a coach, your role should be to be less wrong, right? You need to be less wrong than all your competition. If you're an organization, you need to be less wrong than all the other organizations. If you're a coach at a school, you need to be less wrong than all the other coaches, right? Like your job is to get there. So again, on the opposite side of that, of taking no ownership. And again, as a coach, if you're just sending your guys into the weight room and go, whatever he does with them, I don't care. It's lazy. Like it's lazy. You need to know how your coach, your, your players are good, what they're doing in the strength room, what they're doing. And also too, you can't just go, oh, I don't need to know anything about that. That's like, again, that's like me as a CEO going, I don't care what that department does. Like, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. I don't need to know anything about that. Like, of course I do. And also too, if they fail, I fail. So again, the same thing too, as well. Like if they fail in the, in the weight room and we're blowing out knees, elbows, guys, performance, all these things are happening. And I'm saying, oh, I don't need to know about that. I don't care. Well, you're probably not winning too much. <laughs> and, and, and please maybe, maybe thank the Lord, hopefully that the guy over there might know what he's doing. And again, maybe he's really making your coaching look a lot better than it is. And when you switch schools, all of a sudden your performance drops off dramatically because your strength coach was actually taking on and actually fixing a lot of the things um, that were having issues that you were teaching on the hitting side. And maybe he was overriding your stimulus. And then now you don't have a strength coach that does so. And now you're really that you're seeing this big drop off is like it could be a bigger play at, you know, what's mm -hmm. going on. So I think some of the biggest things and again um, to the story and the main reason that we wanted to point this out is like one. 
You need to hold yourself more accountable. You need to take more ownership. Okay. And then two on the same side is that too, is like, yo, we got to start looking at strength coaches that they are very responsible for performance. Right. And it is very important for them to actually understand and there be a mesh, right? Not compartments, a mesh of understanding from the strength side and the hitting side. They also can't just go, I don't care what they're doing from the hitting side. I don't care. Right. Strength coach needs to understand what you're working on with guys. There needs to be a profile, what we're working on in the crossover between that. Any high level facility, all those things are doing that, right? Been doing it for years. Organizations have been doing those things for years. The best organizations that do it the best typically have the best results, right? So along with that, um, again, it's just all these things that you have to intermesh all those things together. And also too, again, on the, on the same side of that is a lot of times I've seen it more often than not right? That how guys are training in a, in a weight room is actually, again, not only on top of uh, when they're in search of strength, force, all those other things, but they're also having issues. Um, they're also having issues because when you go in the weight room, you remove all of these variables and all of a sudden it becomes just the fest on how fast can I move all these other things? And why can't I just worry about skill later and just take this as, you know, a, a, a base level, right? But it's like how you're recruiting, how, what muscles and what technique you're using to create that is going to leak over to the opposite side. And it's something that, again, that we need to continue to be mindful of. Um, not just, you know, that it's a, a small deal and, oh, okay, I'm gonna throw it on my thing. Like, no, it's like one of the top things. Um, and that's why it's one of the first things I have conversations with uh, with guys, uh, when it especially comes into uh, pro guys, when I'm looking for giving guys results in a really short window of time, is understanding what their strength guys are working on and what that looks like um, and how to have those conversations and get everybody on the same page. Because um, it's really important, again, for a hitter to actually get results or an, or a pitcher in that same mm -hmm. matter, for them to get, actually get results or or not. Um, and, and that could be a big thing, um, there. So what do you got code? Sorry. That's one. No, I mean, I think just the last thing I really have is, um, while there's measurables in the weight room to make sure that you're making gains, getting stronger, getting faster, quicker, more explosive, et cetera, all these different terms that people want to use. The test is the game and no one goes to a strength coach that plays a sport mm -hmm. to not get better at their sport. Yeah. Like their, their goal is to go get better at their sport. They want to get yeah. stronger, faster, et cetera, for their sport, not just cause, mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, while there are measurables in the weight room to hold yourself accountable, ultimately, um, some of the best strength coaches I've seen are also very in tune with how their players are performing on their respective field court, um, et cetera. Um, and you know, not necessarily out there teaching them how to hit, but yeah. they are paying attention, um, and are, you know, working together with people uh, to perform in their respective sport as well. And so, um, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much all I got. And then the, the last two things, and again, I'll go nerd with you guys too. The big things that you should be focused on in the weight room. One is neuromuscular efficiency, right? Is understanding not over-recruitment, which leads to my second point, which is uh, not developing uh, compensatory patterns, right? Now, don't be wrong. There's going to be a point of compensation that we need to have to, again, make sure we don't get injured. Maybe I mm. slip. There's others right. again, within context, right? Hear me here again. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Okay. But it is very important that again, more often than not in a weight room, uh, we get compensatory patterning as a dominant, um, pattern because we're not focused on, uh, neuromuscular efficiency, which is not how much can I recruit, but how little do I need to recruit to, to get this done, right? 
So super important along with that is over-recruitment is a common, um, a common thing that's taught in weight rooms, um, especially when it's uh, a fest of how much force can I create? And again, the speeds, all those other things uh, that come into it. So um, big thing there, um, I'm gonna pray this out because we all know that we need Jesus to fix this problem, all right? So we're gonna get into it, all right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for uh, bringing us here today. Um, we're, so, we're thankful that uh, you can continue, uh, continue to speak through us in different ways that you can continue to bring in awareness uh, to what's going on in our lives and ways that we can continue to um, move forward and grow and uh, learn how to guide others and definitely the next generations um, and to make them better than us and continue to spread your kingdom, God. Uh, we just ask for your guidance. Uh, we just ask for your deliverance, God, and that uh, you continue to mold our hearts and keep our eyes focused on the uh, the main mission, which is growing your kingdom, God. Um, we ask for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, until next time, Farm System out.